Blog Talk Radio. Monday. Welcome to Just Say Yes to Spirit. See, I'm going to always call it Just Say Yes to Spirit, but actually it's Yes to Say Yes to Spirit. This is Leslie and Tracy, and we are going to talk today about intuition. I think last week we talked about failure, and that was an interesting uh, conversation about how sometimes we label things as failure when they're really something very positive for us in the long run. And what is uh, interesting a lot about intuition, when I'm thinking about intuition, is it's the same kind of thing. I sometimes mislabel it and look at it as something other than uh, what it really is, which is a gentle nudge from God. But um, when we talked about failure last week, looking at failure uh, throughout this week, it was interesting. I tried to really look at it as every time I kind of tried to say something, oh, this is a failure, I'm not doing that correctly, kind of reframe it in some sort of positive way of saying, no, this is just not how I had initially thought, but it certainly is not failure. It's going to go for my highest possible good. And um, when I really thought about it like that, it uh, played out very differently for me. So, as we go forward and talk about intuition this week, uh, we'll connect that a little bit more maybe as the time goes on back through last week, but um, let's take a 60-second break and we'll come back and talk about intuition. Welcome back. Yes, yes to spirit. Leslie and Tracy, I'm trying to figure out the switchboard. It looks like we might have a caller. Do we have a caller? A 214 area code caller? If you would unmute me, I would be glad to join the show. There you go, Tracy. I'm trying to figure out the switchboard. There you go. Very good. <laughs> Man, I'm sorting bullets. Good morning. 
Good morning, Tracy. And in that uh, you are in California. Interestingly enough, it looks like we actually have a caller caller, an area code three oh five caller. We have uh, a caller on area code three oh five who calls in and listens to the show but doesn't always necessarily want to talk unless she raises her hand. There you see, Tracy, there you go. Thank you for being the smart one. Okay, awesome. So intuition is our topic today. Yes. And yes. Say yes to spirit. Say yes to intuition. Yeah, so much of what we so much of what we've done with the show has been all about and all a result of following our intuition that it would be a good thing to practice and to encourage other people to practice listening to spirit and just saying yes to that in you know, in all of our lives. And kind of like I was saying before, the failure, we kind of renamed it last week and looked at different things we'd call a failure when it's really not a failure in the long run. I think a lot of times I've had other names that I use for intuition when ultimately it really is God's voice, you know, God's nudging. I think on the website it talked about the inner voice that nudges us to go in one direction or another. And, uh, you know, we call that a lot of different things, but it really is genuinely spirit guiding us. And uh, sometimes, I think it's funny, I kind of shy away from the idea of that, because who am I for spirit to guide me, right? (laughs) Yeah, so much of our human reaction is, oh, that couldn't be right. Oh, the facts don't support that. Oh, yeah, why why would... God, or why would spirit be giving me some special instruction? Right. And I really do believe there is a lot of that going on. If I open up to it that, you know, God really does want to have an active participation in my day-to-day activity. You know, we say that when we're consciously or intentionally thinking about it or when we're at church on Sunday or when we're, you know, in a setting where we are talking about, you know, God and direction in our lives. But how many of us really believe it? I mean, you know, really, really believe it, that God wants to have, um, you know, have help us have an experience that reflects our spiritual truth and not only the human truth. We, I think, you know, how many, how much of the time do I really consciously think about that? Not very often. Think about God wanting to be a part of that or tuning into that? Well, well, what we know is that God is always a part of everything that we are and everything that we do. But I don't think, I I'm, was agreeing with you that consciously most of us, most of the time, don't really think about God wanting to help us, guide us, you know, be a part of what we are doing all the time. Right. In the rule, even the littlest, tiniest of decisions or thoughts or experiences, um, you know, I really do believe God wants to be a part of that. And I think a lot of times, traditionally speaking, you know, somehow I, in the past I had this idea that there's only so much time God had to give me. You know, he was busy saving the, you know, starving children at somewhere else. But um, mm-hmm. because 
God is all there is. There's certainly no limit to God's ability to express and be a part of every minute of, of every create, creating moment to moment in my life. Yeah, that's right. There is no time and space in God. There is no, you know, right or wrong. There is no, you know, there there's none of these none of these human measures that we use to measure what we're doing, how we're doing, how our day is, how our life is, none of those human metrics apply to that energy, that spirit that, you know, births us all in thought. And, you know, it's like if, if, if we truly believe that God, that spirit, is everything, is in everything, shows up as everything, works through everything, then God is already there. So it's not a matter of, you know, hmm, I wonder if God has time to give me a message. You know, I wonder if that message is, you know, from God. Well, I guess we do have to ask that question. Is it from God or is it from our human ego? But, you know, it's not a, a matter of availability, it's more a matter of willingness, I think. Willingness on our part to tap in. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I do want to talk about how do we, how do I discern, I love the word discernment, the different uh, energies of the different chatting uh, voices in my head. You know, because I do, I, I have over time, it's a real challenge with being able to discern is this choice, you know, truly an intuition from spirit or is this something that I just want that he was telling me? Do you have any tricks of the trade of how you discern between uh, the human thought and the gentle nudge? Mm. Well, I don't, you know, I have, I anybody who's listened to the show more than, once knows that we don't script this out in advance. So I didn't know you were going to ask that. I have given <laughs> it no thought. But the first things that came to mind was, number one, is it a gentle nudge? And, you know, is it a gentle nudge versus a nagging? You know, a, in, a nagging in the sense of, um, you know, I, I'm hearing it with a sense of guilt or fear or, I've heard this before, but I'm irritated. Mm. I've heard it before, but it feels warm. It feels um, it feels like love. If it feels like it is expanding me and it is of love, then I, I think for me that that's the discerning. And as I'm saying that, I'm also thinking, well, what about in those situations where there's danger? And you still feel your intuition, you know, your intuition tells you to take Highway A instead of Highway B, and then you find out that Highway B, there was a big accident, and the highway was shut down for two and a half hours. Well, um, you know, or you get on Plane A instead of Plane B, you miss your flight for Plane A and Plane A crashes, um, or you're walking down the street. And, and you know, this is probably a good one for us to talk more about in a minute. You're walking down the street and you just get this sense of real 
danger. But I think when that comes from spirit, it's not a panic. It's a it's a caution. I need to be careful. I need to pay attention to my surroundings. Or maybe even a very calm, I need to go inside the store for 10 minutes and get off the street. But it's not a, oh, here's a black man, I need to hold my purse. It's not a, you know, it's not any, a high emotion response. Okay, so that would be one way to discern is it's a calmer. Yeah, I think over time I have learned that um, my uh, my ego or my mind sometimes can have kind of a panicky feel or, you know, this is a one-time opportunity. If I don't do it now, I'll, you know, miss the uh, opportunity forever. And I think spirit has a much more gentler kind of sense of, you know, this is just an idea. It's not like a, there's, well, that's not necessarily true, as I'm saying. It has sometimes urgency to it, especially like what you're saying in terms of if it's, um, you know, physical danger, but I think in the in the majority of the it's not a panic like you said that it's more of a it's more of a calm knowing like I think that's probably the best way to discern it now. And sometimes well, and, and the and and the piece that that keeps coming up for me in my mind is and it I know it's a love I know it I know it's from love I know it's from it's expanding it's it's you know well i i just the word keeps coming into my mind it's from love it's very this is a like a very insistent thing yeah from love that, it's not that from would anxiety that'd be your intuition speaking to you now in real time right saying love right and there's not an emotion is but you're right because it's like it just keeps coming you know it's love it's love it's love and I, as I say something else, or you say something else, it's just kind of still there. It's it's just love, you mm-hmm. know. You know, it's it's intuition. It's it's spiritual intuition when it it doesn't contract you. It doesn't make you feel bad or guilty. It doesn't make you feel like you're gonna you've messed up. It just kind of opens a way. It's something that opens a way for you to go in a different direction. I like that. Yeah, it opens a way. It's kind of like a, it's an opening, it's an expansion. Those are all good words. I know a lot of times um, people, I'll get in conversations with people and they're like, well, how do you start a conversation with God? Or, you know, how do you get into kind of hooking into this stream of uh, God consciousness that's flowing all the time? How do we hook into it? And for me, it was pretty straightforward. Years and years ago, I had somebody tell me just, Hey God, what's going on? Or talk to me, God, or ask God a question, and then just sit in silence and wait. And it, um, and it, you know, that sounds kind of freaky to say it, but it kind of has worked for me over the time of my life to just be that direct and, and then kind of sit in patience and be quiet. And I've told that to different people over the years and years ago. My sister uh, who lives in Virginia um, and I were having this conversation and. Um, my family has, uh, you know, a much more traditional sense of spirit, and so I, I, they are always real patient and calm with my less traditional sense. And um, she 
heard me talking about this, you know, just ask God to have a conversation, ask God a question. And she said, um, in one of the examples that somebody had told me is ask God how to drive home. When you're leaving work or you're leaving a place, how should I go home? And just see if you get any kind of response in your head. And so she did. uh, As she was leaving work one day, she said, okay, God, how should I go home? And she got a clear feeling that she should go this other way home than she normally goes. And she's getting in her car. She said she had that clear feeling again. But in her, you know, more traditional mind, she was like, oh, that's just silly. You know, and so she mm-hmm. she decided to go home the way she always went home, but to go home carefully. And um, so she got in the car, started driving home, and took her regular path. But she would be very careful as she stopped the stop sign. She would kind of take an extra minute, and she got to a red light. Her light was red. It turned green, and instead of taking off right away, she stopped and kind of looked both ways, and a car literally ran the red light going the other way. So if Mm -hmm. she had just taken right off, she would have been right in his path of traffic. And it was a real interesting story because she would be someone that would not say that, you know, that was something that she would normally say, oh, yeah, God's going to talk to me and tell me how to go home. But it was a very clear example that um, if we ask, I think we're pretty much guaranteed a response. Mm-hmm. And there are two things that you that you just um, inspired, two thoughts, one thought and a quotation. The thought is that, you know, intuition is not always words. So when we say, you know, the voice or, you know, the well, voice that speaks to me in my head. And so you're, by sharing your sister's story, it, yeah, reminded me that sometimes it's just a feeling. Yeah. You know, it's not something you can actually put words to or the, you interpret the feeling a certain way to mean that you should do A or B um, or that you should, you know, try something new. Um, so, yeah, that reminded me that the voice is not always words. It's not always you know, a sound, it could just be a feeling. And then there's a Kim Bassinger quote that um, <laughs> that you made me think of, and it's, I feel there are two people inside me, me and my intuition. If I go against her, she'll screw me every time. <laughs> and, if I follow, <laughs> and if I follow her, we get along quite nicely. Oh, that's good. And I love that for a couple of reasons. One, I love it because it's just kind of funny. But, you know, so often we talk about God is within us expressing life through us. And so, yeah, if I go against that, you know, that voice of God, that intuition, it's not that God screws me. It's like I'm screwing myself. Right. But I, I need somebody to blame it on, you know. So, but I just didn't pay attention to my own best information. And so I end up, I I could easily end up, you know, being hurt by that or slowing down my own growth. Uh, And when I pay attention to it, it really helps me. And so your sister's story of, you know, okay, so I didn't go the other way, but okay, I'm just going to be more alert and then avoiding an accident as a result of that. You know, it's like she still paid attention to the intuition. And it is, yeah, and it is interesting how life for me, when I'm in touch with, and I, I just use the word stream of 
intuitive consciousness or something because to me it's kind of like a stream or a movement that's constantly there propelling me towards the next highest good and it really is a matter of me kind of hooking on to it and, and getting in the stream or as you said staying outside the stream and having things come more difficult more you know it's like it's easier when I'm in the stream I might still get the result but it might take me twice as long or I might have to you know pay twice as much or you know have some conflict along the way and if I'm in the stream it's like things tend to just happen in a very natural way yeah I was uh, looking. I was looking at uh, devotions, and I couldn't find one that said necessarily, uh, you know, something specifically about intuition. Which, of course, I hate because I want to find the perfect one that says intuition in it. <laughs> but I found one called instinct, and maybe um, we could take a little break, and then I could come back and we could uh, read a devotion and talk about intuition in terms of instinct. That would be perfect. All right. Let's see if I can hit a, some sort of little commercial song here. Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit with Tracy and Leslie. And talking about intuition, I found a devotion called Instinct. Let's see what it says. Instinct. She walked to the very edge, put one paw over, and then stopped, looked down, and backed up. I watched as my youngest kitty walked from side to side of the roof, trying to figure out her best way back down to Mother Earth. I could tell when she approached the edge at first, she was confident, calm, and ready to jump. But once her paw went over the edge, she seemed to freeze. It was as if when she thought about it, her thoughts blocked her natural instinct to jump. After several starts and stops, she took the leap, flew through the air, and landed safely on all fours. I started to think of all the times my thoughts have blocked my instinct. I have stopped myself from jumping because I have chosen to listen to the fearful thoughts in my head rather than take the action at hand. I have a hunch God has never stopped by fear, but always follows the natural flow of instinct. I realize each time I get to the edge of an emotional, physical, or spiritual change, I have the choice to freeze and back up or trust my instinct and take the leap. Experience tells me when I do take the leap, the result is always safe landing on all fours. And I wonder if I could just change the word instinct for intuition. Um, I don't think you could do that, but for that that devotion, I don't think that would work for me at least. You could do it. Okay. Um, but what it does reinforce for me is the difference between the spiritual guidance and the human guidance. Okay. 
And so, I mean, you know, I, I think it just reinforces the point that you made a little while ago about it's the human voice, the fear, the voice of fear and cause and and dread and, you know, that tells you, no, you can't do something when, yes, you may have the instinct to do something that is really good for you or very natural for you or a way for spirit to express through you. And, um, you know, and that would be then allowing your intuition to have you do something different. So but I, I really loved that that connection of, you know, stopping because of the human voice and and then putting the human voice aside and and making the jump knowing and trusting that all would be well so the human voice would be the thing that I wasn't discerning between when I was trying to figure out is this intuition or is this human that kind of what you're saying kind of <laughs> I didn't want to understand. There you go. There you go. There you go. And I think so. Well, you know, I'm I'm reflecting because I'm just saying it. So I'm thinking as I'm talking. So I, since this isn't something that, you know, I can I haven't processed it yet enough to know whether that's really what I'm saying or not. <laughs> it's just you're being intuitive in your conversation. And, you know, I do think I do a lot of when I go into conversations with people, um, even if it's just a simple conversation or less of a friend, I will say a little prayer beforehand and ask God to be, you know, a conscious third or fourth or fifth, you know, to enter into that conversation with me. And um, I have had experience after experience where, chatting with someone and then I'll say something to them and it'll be like, oh my God, that is something I was thinking about or that's something that answers a question I was wondering about. And I know that that was spirit, you know, guiding that conversation to get that answer. And certainly I've received um, answers and insights from other people that I believe were divinely inspired. And it's just, again, it's a question of, for me, opening up that, connection and letting God participate actively and you know am I going to have peanut butter and jelly or cheese for lunch I mean really every little kind of decision I I want God Holy Spirit whatever we want to use in terminology I want it a part of it mm. yes say yes to that I love it okay. so Another quote is from Alan Alda, and it says, You have to leave the city of your comfort and go into the wilderness of your intuition. What you'll discover will be wonderful. What you'll discover is yourself. Oh, I like that. Alan Alda was a into it. <laughs> I, I've come across a, quite a few really powerful Alan Alda quotes over the years, so I'm not surprised to see this one um, anymore <laughs> because he's really a very um, reflective, very wise 
man, and I guess we don't expect it because so many of the roles that he played as an actor were more funny or, you know, either funny or egocentric or, you know, just, yeah, not wise in this way. <laughs> yeah, not not intuitively wise. It looks like now I've got a hand on the screen here as I'm trying to work the switchboard from area code 510. So I'm going to click on that hand and see what happens. Is that uh, how that works, Tracy? Nope. Oh, there he went. Probably one went away. They want to call back. I will click on their yes. on their hand. So anyone who's listening in online, you can't. I mean, on by phone. If you dial the number and you're listening by phone, the instructions are that you can listen to the content of the show. We won't activate the line unless you then dial one, which will give a raised hand on the switchboard, and then we can do the switchboard piece. And so, yes, I saw that, too, as it was um, happening, that you had a raised hand. And so, uh, but then that person hung up. So please dial back in. You can listen without us calling on you. Just don't hit one. Oh, I see. It gives you a prompt. Okay, I got you. Um, back to Alan Alder, you know, that is true. The very where it says the wilderness will discover it's us. And if in thinking of God expressing through me as me, um, then it would make sense that that intuition ultimately would cycle back around to be me. Right. I discover by by getting to know and make friends with my intuition um, it may feel like it's the wilderness, but yeah, I'm really just discovering or rediscovering that deepest voice within, that deepest sense of who I am in the world and how I can express. So I, yeah, I, when I saw the quote, I was like, oh, that's a really, really great quote. And the, the imagery of it, you know, to leave the city of your comfort mm. and go into the wilderness of your intuition you know, just gives me, you know, that image of being in the city where there are lots of cement and skyscrapers and, you know, my daily activities of what I know, what cleaners I go to, what grocery store I stop in, you know, the the route I drive from home to church. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. I don't really have to think about that. I don't need to listen for a deeper voice. But to go into the wilderness, of intuition for me does not mean it's wild and uncontrolled, but it's like going on a camping trip, you know, or going to to you know to a resort area that it's it's wilderness in terms of it's not a tamed part of my everyday life, but it has its own wisdom, it has its own knowledge, it has its own um, rightness that I just, you know, need, I, I can pay attention to it and tap into it. And yet, I think there's always something initially kind of frightening about it, or at least it was for me, the frightening, the idea, the idea of giving up control, I think, for me. Oh. If I... Um, yeah. <laughs> if I... Give give in to intuition, and you know wonderful things start happening. 
still, I might not have control. I might not have an understanding of what's coming next. And isn't it interesting that I can look back over various times in my life where I have clearly chosen control <laughs> over intuition. <laughs> and, um, you know, isn't that a sad kind of comment that, that I'm so programmed to need control, to need to feel that safety that I associate with control that uh, giving over myself, my day, my moment to God, to intuition, has been in the past sometimes just too high of cost. And I've chosen to stay in control. What you just made me think about was um, a class I was in a few months ago, and um, the conversation or the question on the table was, is your intuition always right? Mm-hmm. And the very wise minister sitting in the room, one of the very wise ministers in the room said, well, no, your intuition is not always right. Your intuition is just your intuition. And we ended up talking about that for about 15 minutes because, you know, on the one hand, if we equate our intuition to the voice of spirit, the voice of God, then, you know, then all, then the human side of us is like, you know, does that mean it's always right? And the, you know, the way that our brain works, we'd like to think that, of course, it's always right. It's the voice of God. It's God, you know, giving us direction. But part of that discussion that night got back to there is no right or wrong in God. So if God or spirit is giving you a nudge to go in a different direction, sometimes it's our interpretation of it that ends up not necessarily giving us the outcome or the result that we would like or it, we follow the intuition and then, you know, we lose our job or we, you know, something happens as a result of us following the intuition, you know, we start a new business and it doesn't work out or, you know, it fails in the first six months. And, but it doesn't mean the intuition was wrong because what we're labeling as a bad outcome could simply be the next step toward the bigger outcome. Right, which would hook into our whole conversation about failure last week. Yeah. That it's not as we perceive it to be failure. Yeah. And so it's but not that intuition is always right. It's because our intuition is also subject to human interpretation. And and if you look at big picture that, that you can make no mistakes, then sure, it's always right if you follow it, because you're going to get to wherever you're supposed to get to, you know, whether it takes three steps to get there or ten steps to get there. Whatever is unfolding in your life is, you know, the life experience that you are meant to have. Um, So in that sense, if you take that argument, you know, some of us went back to, well, then that case, then intuition is still right. But, I was going to say, that's what I was just thinking, and it's always right. <laughs> but, but it really, you know, it was a very, it was a fascinating conversation to grapple with 
um, you know, w- with is intuition always right? And then having, you know, some very strong voices in the room saying, no, it's just intuition. God is not about being right or wrong. It, that's a human label. That's that's human that's human control saying it's good or it's bad. You know that the 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 nudge from spirit is simply a nudge. What we do with that nudge is what you know turns into outcomes that then we judge. That's so interesting. Cause, yeah, because I would have absolutely said that you know intuition is always right. That would have been my instinct. That would have been my instinct. <laughs> Versus right. intuition. And, yeah. So I, I just, it's, I don't, you know, I, I just, well, that night during the discussion, I just got confused. <laughs> it was like, I don't know what I think about this. But then that's, you know, my my introspective, reflective kind of processing, the way I process, I could not I could stay in the conversation in real time but then I had to go back and really think about it and think about, you know, how does that show up in my life. And so now, you know, a couple of months later, three months later, I find myself really still not having a definitive yes or no, right or wrong, because I see both that intuition is neither right or wrong. It just is. God is not right or wrong, good or bad. God just is. And and the influence of, you know, humanity on what actions we take as a result of the of our interpretation of the nudge. Um, but then there's the other side of me that says, Well, if I'm really clear about the nudge and I'm moving in that direction, then it's it's always right whether the outcome feels right or whether the outcome feels good or bad. So I, you know, it's like I'm still kind of right in the middle. I just think it's something for anyone who anybody who dials into this show and has an interest in, you know, saying yes to spirit. It's like, oh, well, I said yes to that intuition and it didn't work out. Was the intuition bad or was it human error or was it? Intuition was perfect, and this what feels like failure is just the next step. Right. And see, I'm going to, since I have the need to control and know, I'm going to go with answer number three and stick. (laughs) That's what I think. I think Uh, it's right. And I love ambiguity. Oh, no, not me. Ah, I need to know black and white, got to know right and wrong. Yeah. At least on conceptual stuff. I don't like ambiguity on things like when is the client going to pay me. Uh, I don't <laughs> like ambiguity on things like, you know, like what time are we meeting for lunch, or, uh, you know. I but on conceptual stuff, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, ambiguity sometimes is uh, interesting. It works mm-hmm. my brain. Yes, it does. It certainly expands it. It can expand it. And, you know, thinking about what we always talk about in terms of what are spiritual practices to get us more in touch with the different topics that we look at, obviously, you know, meditation, intuition, coming through that connection. And I'm going back to the journaling. Interestingly enough, I had uh, coffee Saturday with a gal that brought up, again, those three pages 
in the morning. Mm-hmm. And if somebody else brings that up to me, I'm going to be really bitter and resentful because that'll be three times. And when things come around to me three times, that you know, I feel like it's really the universe saying, "Do this now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I would imagine, and I know journaling, just even journaling, and I try to do that, some sort of written journal, you know, most days. But any kind of writing, I think, opens up that intuitive place, especially if it's writing without a set idea or, you know, not not like writing a paper or writing in response to a homework question, but, you know, just free writing, I think, is a very mystical, magical place to connect to that intuition. Mm -hmm. The um, Talking, again, about spiritual practice, um, interestingly enough, until yesterday, I'm not sure I would have said this, but um, in the Sunday talk yesterday at the Heart and Soul Center of Light in Oakland, Reverend Andriette made, I mean, she said a lot of really fabulous things, but what you just reminded me of was she talked about going on vacation. And the way that she talked about it actually makes me think of going on vacation as a spiritual practice. And and without, you know, retelling the whole story, just the reason that this comes to mind for me is to add to my list of vacation can be a spiritual practice because she talked about two things. One, you know, really needing to pull away from your everyday pattern, even when you love what you're doing. And, you know, that pulling away from your everyday pattern opens up, you know, space for spiritual messages to come through, for God to speak to you, for you to see deeper within yourself. Um, and and then the second way thing that she mentioned um, that, it, that actually it happened to her and inspired her to, to take a few days off on vacation was that um, she was having some physical symptoms and she'd heal one and then it would rise up somewhere else like a similar symptom in another part of her body and then, you know, that would heal and, you know, really quickly and then, you know, something else would happen and it was clear that it was not about the physical things that were happening, that it was about you know, there was this intuition that you need to go away so that your intuition has room in your life and in your mind to really let you know what's going on. Like you're too busy. You know, you're too busy doing all the things you normally do. And a 15-minute or a 30-minute or a one-hour meditation is not enough time to move all this other stuff out of the way. Mm. So, you know, a daily meditation practice helps, but there can be times when a spiritual, it really serves you from a spiritual practice point of view to literally get away from your primary life, from the life you are living. To use a vacation kind of as a spiritual retreat. Well, yes, and, and I think that, 
that's I think that that is true. I would agree with that statement. Even if you went to Disney World and you were busy all day, the idea that you are changing, you are getting away from your everyday routine. So I don't want to I don't want to imply taking a vacation as a spiritual retreat meaning you need to go to a spa or you need to go to a um yoga retreat center. Yeah. where you're not around any people. I mean, I think that's all well and good to do that, but I think the point of it is not that. The point of it is get out of your routine because by changing your routine and doing other things, it opens up the opportunity to get different insights. Yes, yeah, I absolutely think that's true because you get outside of your yourself. And they used to talk about, I used to have a sponsor in um, Al-Anon that would talk about take a different way home, drive a different way home, um, eat something different for breakfast, uh, go to sleep at a different time, think of all of the things that we do just routinely that we don't even consider each day and change those up. And that that can kind of jumpstart or reignite some intuitive or spiritual connection when we kind of get off balance a little bit. Interestingly enough, the more we're in this groove and the groove gets thicker and deeper and you know, we lose sight of that intuition or that spontaneity or that you know openness to something different. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. And you said something else that uh, reminds me. Something um, Reverend Beatrice told me earlier last week. She said, that the spirit intuition is always talking and encouraging towards that next highest good and that it starts off as a very gentle and um, loving, as you love to use the word that kept coming to your mind, gentle kind of nudging. And as I resist it, that spirit is so committed to my good, to me getting to that next place, that actually the nudge will become more forceful. And in human terms, things would begin to happen that were less and less pleasant to kind of get my attention, to pay attention to the nudge that becomes a push, that becomes a, uh, you know, a yank. And, um, and I do believe that. And I can look back over my life in terms of, things that have happened and, and how the gentle nudge has turned into kind of a punch, but it, it, it has certainly led me into some very good things. And so I think sometimes intuition can take a more aggressive um, feel than a nudge. And as I was listening to you, I was thinking, well, that's when it goes from intuition to guidance. It's like intuition, okay, I, I listen, I kind of follow it, um, and, and there's probably a better word than guidance. Guidance is, uh, you know, like I'm really looking for a word that's about, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you a choice. Intuition, you have a choice, you know, I'm kind of whispering to you, I'm giving you a hint, I'm giving you, you know, some, a nudge. Uh, you're not picking up on it and you're, you know, like going in the wrong direction. Do you remember the, the children's game or did you ever play the children's game where, you know, if people would be hot or cold, you would pick yes. a, uh, an item and then, but the, the one person who was outside of the circle wouldn't know what it was. 
and then they would come back in the room, and as they moved toward it, you would tell them whether they were hot or cold, you know, and they were cold the further away they were from it and hot the closer they were to it till they would guess it. And so I kind of think, you know, the intuition is like, you know, you you can pick up on it if you're paying attention, but as if you get too cold, you know, too far away from it, um, as you get closer to it, you feel warm, you feel engaged, you have direction, you know, you feel hot, warm, and the further you get away from it, then it's like, okay, you're so cold, we're yelling louder and louder. <laughs> right. You know, now we're just going to, like, push you into it because you clearly aren't going to get the intuition. Because I, I really do still see that and experience the intuition really as, as that, you know, not just whisper soft, but just it's it's not pushy, it's not... Um, you know, there's very much a calmness to it, even that's even in an emergency. Oh, yeah. Even in an emergency, even in a safety situation, it's it's just a calm knowing. It's I'm doing this, or or an unconscious knowing. I don't even realize I'm doing it, but I'm I'm halfway. You know, when my dad ran into a burning apartment building to you know, try to bring some kids out from a fire, if he had thought about it, if he had really weighed the pros and cons and let his human mind think, he wouldn't have done that. It was total intuition for him. And he was probably in the building, you know, across the street and in the building, you know, before he really realized. But by then his intuition had already incited him to action that he did not resist. So, so say this again. So there's, so there's the intuition that's always a gentler, more peaceful, loving knowing, and then there's something else that will come in behind that, is what you're saying, if I don't pay attention, if I don't um, look at, uh, you know, no, or, or... I don't... And it's just my opinion, and, you know, yeah. I... I'm no expert on this, but in my in my when I think of my life, you know, when bigger things have happened or when things have been pushed into my face, it feels like, you know, it feels like it's a push. It feels like I'm being propelled forward even against my wishes or conscious thought. It's almost like, "Oh, okay, I have to do this now." versus oh, wow, this is where I'm going, or, oh, wow, this is what I'm going to do. So I, and I'm not, I don't really have any investment in being right about this. I think, you know, for some other people, they might feel just as strongly that, you know, like as you were saying, that, okay, there was probably a a quieter voice. I didn't hear it. Mm -hmm. And so the voice is still intuition. It's just, you know, stripping away some of the other choices I would have to to make sure I turn right instead of left. Right, yeah. Because I do think it um, I am clear that it does get stronger. I actually found a devotion that uh, is very clear on that idea, and it is titled Gentle Tug. Mm-hmm. 
goes, uh, let's go, Dixie. Dixie did not move. I gently tugged on a leash. Gotta go, Dixie. Dixie did not move. I tugged not so gently, and Dixie planted her four-inch feet in the grass, leaning against the leash to stay exactly where she was. I am pet-sitting two adorable dachshunds. Dixie had been sniffing an irresistible blade of grass for more than five minutes. When it came time to leave, she was determined not to move. Finally, I yanked on the leash, giving her no choice but to move on. Looking back, I see how I had planted my feet in experiences and people I find irresistible. When it comes time to move on many, in many things, I don't listen to God's small voice or gentle tug. I think I know better. I have a hunch God's love is always pulling me towards the next best thing. Sometimes I move on naturally, and other times I do not. Trust that programs have a slogan, let go and let God. I realize today I can choose to let go and let God, or I can choose to lean against the leash of life, forcing it to yank me to the next best thing. That's kind of what we're talking about, right? I love that. God's love is always pulling me toward the next best thing. And that pulling me toward, that attracting me toward, is, I love that image, and that's a very different image than pushing me toward, being behind me and pushing me, forcing me, you know, controlling me toward that. Just like pulling me toward, here, you know, you can come this way. You know, I've got what you need. I've made sure everything you need has been prepared for you. Yeah, I love the imagery of that toward my next best thing. Yeah. And I do think that the daily practice of getting in touch with or getting in tune with, opening myself up to listening for that pull, looking for that um, next best thing, is really, it is kind of like, um, you know, putting money in a bank or depositing you know, nickels and dimes and quarters, it adds up over time if every day I'm looking for that voice, talking to that voice, you know, stopping my mind chatter and kind of trying to connect some sort of gentle pulling. Um, It does get easier and easier, and I do believe over time it can really become kind of like a constant natural dance that that, uh, intuition and I go through the day together. Uh-huh. I love it. Love, love, love it. So, let's see. Intuition. Do you want to take a... Well, we've only got about five minutes, so I guess it doesn't make sense to take a really quick little break. Um, I was you know, I... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Um, So let's kind of summarize our key points or our key reactions about the topic, and then we can um, talk a little bit about what's coming up next. So for me, when I think about intuition, one of the things I love about this conversation um, goes back to the, you know, very beginning of today's show and the beginning of, of this whole um, say yes to spirit process that it truly was intuition that birthed this show 
that conceived and birthed this show. And just that intuition that for both of us at this stage of our life it would be something that was fun to do but also meaningful to do, to say yes to spirit in our own lives and to encourage others to do that. And um, the other thing that stands out for me in uh, this conversation is how, like so many other things, intuition is subject to interpretation. Yes. And that each one of us needs to really practice um, hearing and understanding how intuition speaks to us, to each one of us, because the way intuition speaks to Tracy might not match the same way that intuition speaks to and through Leslie. So those are kind of my highlights, my things to think about. Uh, what about you? You know, exactly that. I think that's a wonderful reminder because I kind of get stuck in. If I hear somebody else's story about how intuition talks to them, I'm like, oh, that's not how it is for me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't, I'm not doing it right. But to be reminded that it can be different, and it probably is different, a little bit different for all of us. And, again, to get into community about talking about it. I'm just so big into that because I think going back to the example with my sister, I encouraged her to go back to her church or to tell Bible study friends, you know, that story. And Because I think most of us, I'm going to go ahead and say all of us, have these little experiences that absolutely point to some sort of divine presence participating in our lives, but because of old tapes or preconceived ideas or the egos need to stay in control, we don't share them, we don't talk about them, and then we somehow make them seem wrong. And so I just so encourage people to talk about it, and I'm so engaged each week as we talk about it because it just reaffirms um, the spiritual truth that's all around me and all around everyone. So um, I love the spiritual practice of community and speaking about all of this to everybody we know. Ah. And I'm looking on the website and we don't have a topic for next week unless I'm looking at it incorrectly. No, we don't. Well, we have, you and I know that we have a list of topics, but yes, I noticed too that I had not updated the website to tell us which what's coming up in the next week or two. So I will do that in the next couple of days, and uh, we know whatever it is, it's going to be related to how spirit shows up. Uh, and in a, the last two or three shows, every every show we said, oh, we need to put you know, this topic up, and we need to put this topic up. So I do know that we've already named the topics for the next couple of weeks, but they're not on the website yet. So both of us are handicapped in that regard. If you're listening to the show, just look at the show page and see what's scheduled for the upcoming Mondays, and uh, please join us on the show. We still have uh, meditation tomorrow night, Tuesday night, from 10.30 to 11 p.m. Central Time, so please join us for that. And um, actually, I think I'll do a meditation around intuition, opening I up love intuition. 
And I encourage people to go back and listen to the archives of the meditations the last couple of weeks have been amazing. So um, if you're looking for some sort of guided meditation or, or having a preset timer, uh, they're a cool way to do that. And also visit us on uh, godinmyday.com. There's a lot of wonderful meditative kind of intuitive guides set up there as well. Absolutely. Thanks, Tracy. Have a great week. Bye, Leslie, and bye to all our listeners. Bye. See you all next Monday. Play Whitney Houston. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.